basically the motivation behind what I do. You know, my motivation is to give authors more time to write. So I tend to take on things that are administrative, things that are time consuming. So they might be things that the authors can do for themselves, but they're time consuming. So they outsource that, they get more time for writing. Welcome to The Author Biz, the show that's all about the business of being an author. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and this is episode number 37. Wherever you are, however you listen, thanks for spending some of your time with me today. You know, I've been thinking about you. You're busy. You're writing, revising, polishing one book while you're thinking about or maybe even plotting the next one. You're trying to find the time to stay active on social media. You've got a blog post due on your group blog tomorrow, and you haven't had time to think about it yet. Wait, is that new cover ready? Wasn't it supposed to be ready last week? Have I scheduled time with my editor for the next book? It's enough to make a busy author crazy. I know you don't have time to sit down and listen to this, so you're going to listen while you're walking, running, picking up the kids. But you are going to want to listen to this one. Today, we're talking about what can be the busy author's best friend, the author's assistant. Kate Tilton has been an author's assistant since she was 16. She's going to tell you what she and the others in her field can do to help you spend more time on your highest value work, writing. We'll be talking about how an assistant can help with things like getting better with social media, running contests that actually work building street teams to push your career forward, and dealing with the mountain of email that you get every day. Then we'll wrap things up with Kate's tips for finding the right assistant for your author business. I think you're going to like this episode. And don't worry, if you're listening while you're driving, we've got links to everything mentioned in the show in the show notes at theauthorbiz slash Tilton. Now let's get on with the show. Kate, welcome to The Author Biz. Thank you for having me. You and your business, which is called Kate Tilton's Author Services, have been connecting readers and authors since 2010. First, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you got into this business, and then we'll dig into the business part of it. All right. So I am the founder of Kate Tilton's Author Services, LLC, and my work is as an author assistant. So most of what I do is virtual work. Um, although you can have author assistants that do in-person work as well. Mm -hmm. But my main goal as an author assistant is to help authors that they have more time to write and more time for their families. Well, before we get into that, why the work that you do, tell me why you got into this line of work. Well, I was on Twitter. I was following one of my favorite authors, and I just happened to see her tweet that she was looking for an assistant. So that's basically how that started. I responded to her, and she hired me for the job, and I haven't looked back since. Oh, that's a great story. Yeah. I talked to someone who's in the PR business, Julia Drake, who had a friend who suggested that she help her do PR for a book, and all of a sudden she wound up being in the author PR business. So it's funny how often that works. Yeah, it was. I love telling that story because I have a lot of people that I do social media training with. And you hear it so often, people, especially authors, thinking that social media is, you know, a waste of time. And it really can be a very valuable place. Uh, I mean, my whole career is built around that one tweet. 
<laughs> it's a fabulous way to connect with people, and so many people just don't get that. Uh, I, I don't. I don't understand. Well, I was one of those people who didn't get it until I started doing this, and I realized that you can literally reach anybody through social media now, or any any author, basically. Basically, and I, I feel like most people start out at that point. I mean, when I started Twitter, I didn't know what I was doing. I just followed some authors that I liked and tweeted random things. Uh, I was at college at the time when I started Twitter. So it was just random things about tests, and it, it wasn't valuable to building a community. And I think once you learn how to use you know, any social media platform as a way to build community, it becomes a powerful tool. Have you always been a reader? Yes, what do you like to read? I like young adult fiction the most. Uh, that's basically my comfort zone. I'm also very big into comic books and manga. So, you know, I like things that I think are a little bit outside of the ordinary. You know, I always say, uh, if I can have it in real life, then I would rather, you know, do it in real life than read about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tend to fall more under the sci-fi, paranormal, fantasy genres. Okay. And uh, we were talking before we came on the air, you are about to graduate from college to give people a sense of where you might be age-wise. Everyone knows where I am age-wise, and I'm <laughs> a couple generations ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm still 21. So I started this business when I was, what, 16, 17? That's amazing. Congratulations yeah. to you. That's fabulous. Thanks. Okay. Now let's talk about the business. What is an author's assistant? So an author assistant is an individual who provides services for an author or authors exclusively. Like I said before, they come in different varieties. You might have an author assistant that functions more as a personal assistant who works directly at a physical location with the author. And then you might have a virtual assistant or a VA that mm-hmm. works virtually with the author. Uh, the main thing I like to point out with author assistants is basically the motivation behind what I do. You know, my motivation is to give authors more time to write. So I tend to take on things that are administrative and things that are time consuming. So they might be things that authors can do for themselves, Mm -hmm. but they're time consuming. So they outsource that, they get more time for writing. So it's a little bit different than, you know, a marketer or publicist who will work more on getting sales and visibility, although having an assistant can give that kind of result as well. Uh, the main focus is trying to get authors time for writing. Do you find that it's easy to make that case? Because uh, I'm sure you talk to people all the time, too, that are overwhelmed. They have too much to do. They wonder how they're going to get their writing done. Uh, yet they can't make the connection between paying someone to help so that they can do the work that's the most important to them, the, the work that's going to generate the revenue to pay the bills going forward. Um, do, do you find that when you talk to people, do you kind of have to pitch them on the idea that you're actually helping them make more money? Not normally. I think most people that reach out to me are kind of at the point where they know they need help. Okay. Um, I have some people that will reach out to me and they're not really looking for an assistant, but they're looking for a publicist or looking for a marketer. Mm-hmm. So usually I'll funnel in. I know marketers and publicists, so I'll you know refer uh, but mostly I find people, you know, especially authors, they get to that point, um, especially if you're, you know, self-publishing or indie publishing where you have to take on a lot of the, the business side of things, it gets a, to be a lot to manage and still have time to write more 
Mm-hmm. So usually authors will come to me when they're at that that breaking point. Okay, so the the sales job has already been done. They've they've done it to themselves. <laughs> yeah, and I mean I do a lot of things like this podcast and you know writing articles on different websites mm-hmm. to kind of tell people that there are assistants because I think mostly what I'll hear from new uh, clients or just new people inquiring about the businesses. I've never heard of an author assistant before until I read your article on, you know, Joel Freelander's The Book Designer or Mm -hmm. something like that. So I try to do a lot of things like this to kind of spread the word that, yes, there are assistants for authors. It's not just for, you know, high up business officials. There are people that work for the everyday author as well. And it's it's interesting. I, I have some other questions that I want to get to about your business. But it's interesting, you talk about doing guest posts and things and, and doing this podcast. It's what Tim Grawl would call outreach. You're, yeah. you're, you're reaching out to people so that they know who you are. Um, that's something that works for authors, obviously, although some people <laughs> refuse to believe it, but it does work. And uh, it, it works in really, it works in any business, including yours. Yep. Yeah. Just, just the idea of exposing yourself to someone else's audience is uh, is a fabulous thing. Okay, you mentioned the term virtual assistant before. Some yeah. people might not be familiar with the term, so explain what a virtual assistant is and what's different about um, a typical virtual assistant and someone that functions like you do as an author's assistant. So a virtual assistant is just anyone that would you know, work for a company or for a person, but virtually, so they're at a remote location, usually the assistant's house is where they'll work from. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference between an author assistant and a virtual assistant is that author assistants specialize in working with authors. So technically, I have one author that loves to call me her VA, mm-hmm. and that's true. I am her virtual assistant. I just like to take it one step further and say, you know, I specialize with authors. You know, I don't work really with any other clientele. I do a couple of social media managing for companies, mm-hmm. um, but I focus in, you know, even those companies are related to publishing. Uh, so it's more of that having um, that specialty. Yeah. And any think- of us that have, that are in the indie publishing world, the learning curve can be kind of steep. So to yeah. think that you're going to get someone who's just a, a virtual assistant who may be very bright and very competent, but they don't know how to do some of the things that that you know how to do or another author's assistant might know how to do. They, they maybe never have posted a book on Amazon or done some of the things that are specific to indie publishing. Yeah, definitely. Author assistants know the business. I mean, I've worked with some authors in the traditional side, and then most of my authors tend to be self-published. So you learn different things. Um, one of the recent things for me has been uploading books to different websites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that you might not find with a regular virtual assistant. They, I think they'll probably tend to fall more under the category of office managers, uh, which will be more applicable for businesses than for an author. And when you say upload books to different websites, are you talking about Amazon yeah. and okay, and, uh, Smashwords, things like that? Do you find a do you find one platform easier to work with than others? Yeah. Um, I find, you know, Amazon's pretty easy to work with. Kobo is actually fabulous to work with. Um, Barnes & Noble can be also easy. Smashwords can be slightly tricky um, if your EPUB is not formatted correctly. Mm-hmm. They can be very, very much sticklers. So sometimes when I have a new EPUB, I'll upload it to Smashwords first um, because if it bounces there, then I have to send it back and say, hey, this needs to be fixed. 
uh, to the formatter. Uh, the hardest one tends to be right now uh, Apple. Uh, once you get the permissions together uh, and all the you know financial paperwork filled out, then it's easy for me to upload books. Mm-hmm. But for some authors, that can be tricky. So we'll end up using Smashwords to publish to Apple. Let's let's dig a little bit deeper. Let's let's talk about some of the specifics and and let's sort of go by category the different things that you do to help authors. You've mentioned social media. You've mentioned some of these author specific things like uploading books. Let's let's just break it down and unpack it sort of by category. How do you help people? First, we'll start with social media. For authors, mm-hmm. I offer social media training. So. You will find some author assistants will ghostwrite for you and they'll completely manage your social media channels, which is an option. Uh, But personally, I find that as a reader, it'd be devastating for me to learn that I'm not reaching the author, I'm reaching their assistant. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I prefer with authors to actually train, uh, train them on how to use each platform in a way that isn't overwhelming. Because I find I have either two types of authors that will come to me. One will either be someone that spends all their time on social media and has no time to write and doesn't know how to pair back. Mm-hmm. Or I'll have someone that doesn't really use the platforms at all, isn't sure how to get started and make it worthwhile. So okay. that tends to be one of the bigger things that I've been doing recently. And it's a lot of fun, I have to say. Now, you also offer promotional support type services. Yeah, so that can be things like post office mailing of review copies, prizes. That could also be things like working on contests, brainstorming new ideas, uh, managing the contest. You know, if you need someone that can uh, say, uh, I think I have one author that's going to be doing a contest where um, you need to send a receipt of a purchase for a book. Mm Mm-hmm. So instead of having the author have to go through all of those entries and check them to make sure they're correct uh, and then add them to like a spreadsheet, that'd be something that I would handle. Okay. What do you find works best in terms of contests? Because I see them all the time on social media um, and, and there are so many different kinds. What, what makes for a successful contest for an author? I think some of the best contests I see are actually ones where authors get together and do a group contest um, because that way you have multiple people that are going to help promote the contest. You can pool in money for bigger prizes, which is more appealing. You know, if you compare a Kindle versus, you know, a $10 ebook, <laughs> right? I mean, it definitely uh, gains more interest. I think some mm-hmm. of the best contests I've seen are those where you have multiple people getting involved and a Kindle or another e-reader is a good option because you can also add your books to that Kindle. So every author can have their books already, um, uploaded to that Kindle. Oh, that's clever. Um, so that's a good way to kind of get your books in their hands. Uh, and I've seen that work really well. I had one author guest on my chat who'd, um, offered a prize and ended up sending one of my Chatties a uh, Kobo, and she didn't have an e-reader at the time, so that became uh-huh. you know her main reading platform. Oh, good. So, you know, it it is still definitely um, definitely a good option for a giveaway prize. Now, do you have any sense of where the best place to have these contests is? And and maybe I'm even asking the question incorrectly, but I see contests on Goodread, I see contests on Facebook, I see raffle 
copter type things. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really a contest person, so I don't really understand all this. Um, if you were advising an, off, an author about uh, running a contest, where would you suggest that they hold it? Well, it depends on what your goal is. You know, if you're doing a Goodreads, that's a good way to have people add your book to their Goodreads shelves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Goodread contests, you're only doing physical copies of the book. Oh, so, so you, you have can't to print them. do <laughs> yeah. So you can't do Kindles or different mm-hmm. things like that. You can't do group contests. It's just you offering a copy of the book. Okay, so that's a great option for authors to do. Uh, if you're going to do a different contest, I suggest using Rafflecopter if you can. Rafflecopter is a platform, basically that or a tool, a giveaway tool. Um, so you can add different types of entries. It'll collect the data for you, so you don't need an assistant to do that all by hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very, very helpful. And then with Rafflecopter, you can put that code on your website. If you don't have a website, you can use theirs. Uh, you can put it on your Facebook page directly, okay. and then you can share links to it, of course, on all your social media platforms. And those are the things where you enter the contest and you get extra points for following a person on Twitter or maybe subscribing to an email list or something like that. So are you able to guide potential readers down the path you want them to, to follow? Yeah. So with Rafflecopter, you can pretty much make up whatever options you want. Uh, they have you know paid options, but even their free mm-hmm. uh, Rafflecopter membership allows you to create your own option. So you can make that whatever you decide. Um, actually, I host um, a monthly contest on my website you know, usually just for a book. And, you know, with Rapplecopter, I might decide I want someone to pin something to Pinterest or follow me on Twitter or tweet Uh out a message, Mm -hmm. uh, visit my Facebook page or subscribe to my email list. It really kind of depends on where you want to focus. And it gives you the opportunity and to do that very easily. You know, you talk a couple of clicks and there you go, it's set up. And then people can decide, you know, you can make it an option to have entries be mandatory or you can have them all be optional, and then someone can go on and say, okay, I don't have a Facebook, so I'm just going to follow you know, this author on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And that way you don't necessarily have to exclude people. So it gives you a lot of options. I definitely am a big fan of the company and the tool. Okay, so you're do- you personally, for your business, you're using it every month. You, you pick something that you want to promote, and you focus on that, on that with that month's contest. I, for mine, I do basically, I give everyone an option. I don't focus on one special area. Okay. Uh, but you can. Okay. It, it really depends on kind of what the author wants to do. So, you know, say you do want to take a more specialized approach and see maybe where people are more willing to enter. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe one month you'll focus on Twitter and then one month you'll focus on Pinterest and one month Facebook and see kind of how the entries vary. Okay. Um, but it, it's, you have all the options, so it's really you can do whatever you decide to do. Uh, I suggest not doing too many entries. You know, sometimes you get a group giveaway, and it will mm-hmm. just be a never-ending mm-hmm. giveaway form, and I think that loses value. But if you have a small group of authors, you know, everyone has one thing that they want to focus on. Um, that would be a manageable number for people. Okay, we've mentioned Twitter more than a few times during this conversation. <laughs> you host a Twitter chat that um, that you link to from your website. So tell listeners about your, I don't know if it's weekly, monthly, your your Twitter chat. Okay, my Twitter chat is called Kate Chat. It's the pound sign, K, the number eight, chat. And it is a weekly 
Twitter chat. We meet every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern. It runs for about an hour. Usually I end up being there for about two hours, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, But most people, it's just they stay for the hour. Um, Every week we talk about a different topic. Uh, My focus with this chat was to give places a place for authors and readers to connect. Because I've managed other Twitter chats, I've joined other Twitter chats, and I find most of them tend to focus either solely on readers or solely on authors. And really, you know, authors and readers need each other. So I was like, we need a place for them to be able to get together. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I kind of pitched the idea to my Twitter feed, and people were like, oh, yeah, I like that idea. You should do that. And I said, you know, is Kate Chat okay? It was just pretty much a gag. And people were like, yeah, I really like that. So I went with it. And we're going to be celebrating two years, actually. That's amazing. This summer. So, yeah, it's a great group of people. Um, Always excited to see new faces and uh, returning faces. And we have usually a a guest every week is is someone different and something new. So, So again, that's pound sign K, the number eight, and then chat. Yep. Okay. That's cool. That sounds like fun. Yeah, and you can go. I actually have a page on my website too that kind of explains more in depth what the chat is, how people can join, uh, if they want. Someone wants to apply to be a guest, you know, a featured guest on the chat. Mm-hmm. That's all there, um, and you know, recaps of the previous chats plus the calendar for the upcoming chats. Okay, speaking of your website, I went there obviously in preparation for this interview, and I clicked on a tab up at the top called Resources. And there's a long list of things. The first one I clicked on, I can't remember the exact name. You can maybe jump in and give it to me. But it's basically a list of book bloggers. And it was awesome. You've got this enormous list of book bloggers that's just there that re- that authors could come and pick and choose from. And I contact those people. That's really cool. Yeah. So on my website, yeah, I have a resource tab. And there is a bloggers tab. And that lists a bunch of different directories that authors can check. Mm-hmm. I also have my own Kate Tilton's book blogger group. So I list all the um, bloggers that are participants of that group. So authors can individually contact those bloggers or I offer service if authors would rather not spend the time contacting 180 people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like a hundred dollar fee that I charge and mm-hmm. authors fill out a form, pay the, the fee, send me the book covers. And then I, formulate the email and send it out to that group so that so it saves time yep the one-shot deal and that's sort of the theme of dealing with an author's assistant is save time spend your time writing yes okay i also see that you manage email yeah for for an author tell us how that would work it depends on the author. Okay. I'll say, so one of my, my first job actually being an author assistant, um, email was my main job. Uh, this was, you know, New York Times bestselling author. She got a lot, a lot of emails. Mm-hmm. So my job was to go through and make sure, you know, if there was a request for her to be a speaker or to have an event that I would send an email back saying, you know, here's the contact page that her publisher wants you to use. Um, you know, making sure fan mail went into one pile, mm-hmm. you know, taking away the hate mail. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, if someone had an easy question that w- could be answered by the FAQ page, you know, copying okay. and pasting that for them. So, so just sort of simplifying the email process so that when they got to it, it was all just things that they could immediately act on probably yeah. with the 
the most important things dealt with first. Yeah, so I had some authors where they might not even really check their public email. I mm-hmm. might just send them the ones that they need to their personal email. Okay. Um, you know, I've had other authors where it helped them kind of set up folders and kind of organize. Um, you know, some authors will use Gmail or Google's work features, and you can do a lot of different things with filtering there. Mm-hmm. So I've, you know, had some training with authors to kind of show them this is how you set up a, a filter and these are the different options you can use. So email is a lot of fun, but it can be definitely an overwhelming thing for a lot of authors. <laughs> they don't, you don't have to be an author to be overwhelmed by email. <laughs> This is true. This is true. <laughs> okay. And I saw one other thing in there in, I think, I don't know, maybe you'd call this marketing support, but it was basically dealing with helping to create even street teams, this uh, mythical mm-hmm. thing that we hear about from authors who sell 100,000 books the first day they release something. So first, what is a street team and how does one go about organizing it? So a street team is basically an organized group of your biggest fans. Uh, one of the things I always like to say with street teams is it's not this kind of solution to all your marketing problems. It's not? It's not. <laughs> believe it or not, it takes a lot of work and effort. Uh, but it's basically taking that word-of-mouth marketing that you see with people that are really passionate about your work mm-hmm. and directing it. So by creating a – you know, if you have you know a handful of people that you know are gung-ho fans and they really they, – you know, they've asked you, how do I help promote your work – uh, because you'll find a lot of people that aren't in publishing don't really know how they can help authors that they admire. Um, and I think a lot of people forget about this when we get into publishing. You know, we learn about all these different things like why reviews matter, um, you know, why it matters for traditional authors to have pre-orders and to have sales that first week. You know, the average reader doesn't know this. So having a street team kind of gives you a way to almost train readers in different ways that they could help. Uh, and I think that's probably one of the biggest biggest things that I'm really a fan of with a street team because you'll have people that are so passionate and then putting together a street team, um, that's something that usually that I will do. I'll help authors kind of put together their, you know, call to action page that explains, you know, what the street team is, what it's going to offer and why people should join and who should join. Um, and then I help collect all that data and put it all together. What's the optimum size for a street team, or is there one? I think the optimal size is really, you know, not important. It's more the optimal person. You know, you're looking to have members that are actually serious about helping and promoting. Um, You know, it's as much as it's totally appreciated when an author gets a review or, you you know, someone says a nice word about the book that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be good street team members. So what you're really looking for is people, uh, readers that are very passionate about spreading the word. Um, and how, how should they spread the word? There's a lot of different ways. Um, like I was saying, you know, we talk about reviewing different books, uh, sharing copies, you know, uh, Christmas, Mm -hmm. birthdays, holidays, those kind of things. And it could be a matter of, you know, the book cover, we're doing a cover release on a big website and, you know, having people that will share that on social media. Uh, there's a lot you can do actually with social media and having a street team to kind of help boost those messages. And the, the idea behind it is really not to make a team of 
spammers, but to kind of have people that are active and that will help share. Let me ask you about cover releases. You mentioned those as a way of helping to spread the word. I am much older than you are. Uh, I, I, I see the world differently than, than you do and probably a lot of people that use social media. When I see these cover release things, I just kind of shrug and go about my business. Um, what do other people do with these cover releases? Are, are they valuable? Is, is it valuable as a part of the launch process? I think it totally depends on your audience. Uh, and then it depends on how you do your cover release. I find, you know, some people, you know, some readers are not a fan of when they go onto websites and everyone is sharing the same cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, so usually when you do a cover release, it's optimal to do it on, you know, one major site as an exclusive. You know, if you can get a major blogger or major website, I think I just had one author I saw who did one on MTV. You know, so that's like a major what? platform. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. She did it on on their website. So the idea there, you know, with the street team is then having people that are going to share that news. Um, so instead of posting the same cover to their website, you know, they're going to just probably use their social media channels to share that link and talk about it. You know, they might talk about it with their friends who maybe aren't on social media. And that's really one of those keys of having a good street team. Yeah. Then it becomes really sort of an event. Uh, the, yeah. the the cover was posted at this huge website. Isn't this great? I'm I'm a part of this news. Now that that sounds exciting. That would actually be interesting. Yeah. So that's the idea behind you know having a street team is having a place where you know you can make things into an event, and it's a place that you can also give back to your readers. You know, I was just talking to someone. I was saying, if you're going to do a street team, it can't be that you make a group and then you pretty much ignore them. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to commit some of your time to it, even if you have an assistant to help with the, you know, managing side of it. You know, the, the readers are joining to get connected to you as the author. And, you know, that doesn't have to be necessarily a totally complicated way of doing that. You know, it could be for some authors that have a close-knit group, you know, maybe you check in once a day and just see how they're doing. Uh, if you have a larger group, maybe you offer, you know, once a week for an hour, you sit down and have a t- conversation with them. Um, and that's, I think, really where it becomes a valuable tool for you as the author and also a valuable experience for the reader. Let's let's dig into this a little bit more, not so much at the street team level, but the idea, because some authors don't get this. Uh, I am primarily a reader. I've been reading my entire life. I love the people that create the work that I enjoy. And I think a lot of authors just don't get that. They don't get the deep connection their work makes with a reader and that readers desire to have some connection with them. And that's why they're willing to do these things and and to go out and actually do a lot of work on a street team. You hear of of people doing a tremendous amount of work uh, for no pay, but it's basically just to help spread the word about the book and the author and and to bring in more readers. Is that something that you see as well? Yes. Even for me, um, I even have a quote on my website that authors are my rock stars yeah. and they, they always have been, you know, I met some of my hero authors before and been totally speechless. <laughs> you know, uh, I was listening to John uh, Falligan and just everything that he said basically was like gold. <laughs> and I just sat there awestruck for the whole speech and then waited 
throughout the whole line so that I could be the last person in line uh-huh. so that he could sign the entire series of his work. <laughs> uh, and I do that actually quite frequently. I'll have to say my bookshelves are definitely overrun. Uh, I own more books than probably anything else and very proud to, you know, um, I, I go to a lot of author events, probably more than any other thing in publishing because meeting authors, uh, is just always been a blessing. I grew up in a very small town. Uh, we had one author that came to our school and it was the biggest event basically, um, of my whole school career there. And ever since that, you know, one author signing, I have been addicted uh, and fortunately I've moved since and I have more opportunity to go and see authors. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, and I work with authors daily and yet it's still, uh, such a, an incredible experience to be able to meet an author and learn more about who they are, you know, behind the books. Do you find though, that when you talk to authors and suggest things like street teams that, that they understand, uh, that the readers will be willing to do this, that they're just out there almost chomping at the bit to have the opportunity to help. Yeah, and I think it sometimes depends on kind of the stage that the author's at. You know, there might be some authors that are just starting out, and a street team might not be an option for them. They right. might not have, you know, the fan base yet. So I always try to encourage authors that, you know, street team might not be the option now, but focusing on building up those relationships, eventually you will get to that point where you've built relationships with these readers to the point where, yes, they are chomping at the bit to be able to help you, uh, not just because they like your work, but also because you're a friend to them. Uh, and I think that's an invaluable connection. You know, we have a lot of authors that will come to me thinking that they need to be doing paid advertisement. And I'll tell them, you know, even in my business, I don't do paid ads. Uh, I offer content and connection, and that has gotten me much, much farther than any paid ad ever would. And it really ends up being the same for authors. You know, there are very few paid advertisements I've seen authors do that have really yielded them any result at all. Mm -hmm. Whereas they've taken time to do, you know, guest posts on certain websites or they've taken the time to do podcasts, um, radio calls, any of that. And that's definitely garnered more interest. Yeah, you're right. The whole connection thing rather than and we're all immune to ads. And unless it's something spectacular, in, in in our case, my wife and I, if there's a cute baby, we stop the DVR when we're zipping through the commercial and we'll watch the cute baby commercial. But that's it. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's definitely the culture. And, you know, we know how to avoid ads when we're looking at websites. I mm-hmm. mean, when you're on Facebook, you look at your time, you know, your timeline. You're not looking at the sidebar with those ads. It's just not relevant to your everyday life. Whereas if you as an author, offer valuable content that readers are going to be interested in, you know, they're going to stick around and they're going to want more. And there are a million ways that you can offer content. So Right, right. And uh, people think it, it all has to be written, but it doesn't. It could be YouTube. It could be a podcast. It, there there mm-hmm. are, as you said, a million ways. Um, yep. We've been going for a while now. Uh, I've asked you about a lot of the things that you've done. What didn't I ask you about that I should have? I mean, that's pretty much a big part of what I do. Okay. Um, one of the other things I think that's off when we talk about content, mm-hmm. um, you know, for authors, I do offer a lot on my website, like we talked about right. in articles, but also in guest posting on different websites. And I bring that up because it is such a valuable place for authors to be able to use. 
and it doesn't necessarily have to be, like you said, um, text, you know, you don't have to necessarily sit down and write, um, as an assistant and someone that's so big into, into reading and publishing world, I'm actually surprisingly not really a big fan of writing itself, mm-hmm. uh, which tends to surprise a lot of people. They're like, what do you mean you're not chomping at the bit to write your book? And I'm like, writing can be a very painful process for me. <laughs> uh, and I know authors, um, who have such a passion and fire for it. And I highly doubt I'll ever gain that passion. Um, so some options for authors who maybe want a break for having to sit and write, you know, you have the option to do video. It doesn't have to be as complicated as many people think, um, think it has to be. Have you, let I've me, seen, let me throw out an example here of someone who does video really well. And you may, I'm sure you'll be aware of this, this person. I don't know if you've seen the videos or not, but Hugh Howie. Yes, he, yeah. did, he did a video, I don't know, a few months ago. It basically just starts with him there saying, hey, it's, it's Hugh, and I just got back from a trip, and look at all this mail I got. And then he just starts going through the mail, and he went on for an hour opening his mail and showing it. And I didn't watch it for an hour. I kind of zipped through it. But I thought, that's really clever. Couldn't be any, couldn't be any easier to do. You just turn the camera on while you're opening your mail. And his huge fans would find that interesting. Yeah. And, and there's so many different options, you know, that an hour might be a long video to do. You might do a video that's five minutes, right. that's just checking in. So some of the favorite authors that I've seen who go into doing video, what we call vlogging. So video mm-hmm. blogging instead of traditional blogging, uh, it can almost give a more personalized feel because you see the author behind the words. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of, um, you, it makes you more likely to connect with that person. Yeah, and as a reader, I, I I don't know why, but I'm captivated with seeing the writing environment. I want to see where my favorite writers work. I, yeah. I just find that fascinating. So to say, um, the next platforms, too, to think about are the visual platforms like Pinterest and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram is a perfect way for authors to kind of show behind the scenes, you know, what does their writing space look like, you know, um, if they get their advanced reader copies of their books, they can showcase that on Instagram. Uh, you know, they can show pets. I know a lot of writers who have cats and I'm a big cat fan. I'm actually currently working on a a charity to raise money for a cat shelter. Mm -hmm. So, you know, seeing authors that have cats like that automatically makes me love them. (laughs) Uh, And that's just them taking a little picture of their cat being cute. And I mean, really, have you ever seen a picture of a cat not being cute? (laughs) (laughs) It's rare. I'll say say that. (laughs) I mean, I've never seen a cat not look cute. So you, there's a lot of different ways that you can add valuable content uh, without spending hours and hours on it. Uh, And I think that's a lot of what I do with authors is kind of, especially social media training is kind of showing there are different ways that you can manage your content um, instead of focusing on, you know, sp- spilling a bunch of money into advertisement and instead focusing on making social media uh, and basically everything you do as a way to connect with readers instead of having this thought process that, you know, marketing is this big, scary giant, uh, you know, just taking it to the point of marketing just means I'm connecting with my readers and they're just people that um, have similar interests to me. So, you know, how can I just talk about things that are interesting to those readers? And I think 
that way it becomes something of value to you as well. You know, you gain friends and readers at the same time. And that, it's it's priceless. That is a you've made some really good points there. Uh, th- this is fabulous stuff. So let's let's assume that we've opened the eyes of some authors out there who might now be considering uh, getting some help for their author business. What should an author look for if they're considering bringing on an author's assistant? So I tell authors, you know, I think one of the first things you want to be sure of um, is personality that you know, the author assistant you find is someone that you're, you're going to get along with well because it's a partnership. So it's not like just hiring out, you know, someone to just market over on the side or to make a book cover. Um, you know, it's a very personal, I think, bond that mm-hmm. you make. You know, your assistant's definitely going to be there to cheer you on on the bad days, um, to deal with the crazy days. Uh, so, you know, you just might find that the assistant's just not quite the right person and that's okay. I think having someone that you really connect with is going to be key. Uh, then you're going to want to look at price, you know, make sure that there's something that you can afford. Um, if you need someone long-term, make sure that, you know, you hire someone at that level. Uh, and then I would say probably after that would be looking at what the assistant offers. So before I mentioned, you know, I offer social media training, but I don't offer to manage social media channels for authors. Okay. So if that's what you need, you know, you're going to want to find an assistant that does offer that because they're out there. You know, each assistant is going to have different areas where they've learned things and specialized things in, you know, so I do a lot more with training. And recently it seems like I do a lot of uploading books and that kind of administration work. Um, You might find someone that's better at doing, um, say, travel plans. You know, so you need to kind of figure out what things you're really looking for and then check the different websites and see kind of where their skills are and if they line up okay, you, with you, what you're needing. You said check the different websites. Is there a, a central is, – is there a Home Depot for author's assistance that we could go well, to to find one? <laughs> I would say uh, you can just start out on the resource page that I have for author assistance. Okay. Um, so I kind of list a little bit about what an author assistant is. Um, and then I list a couple of different author assistants that I personally know, some articles for you, and then different places where you can look. Okay. So that's probably a good option for most. Now, you mentioned price. How does one typically hire an author's assistant? And, and give me a ballpark range for pricing. I'm not asking what you charge, but just sort of a ballpark range. And do you acquire help on a per hour basis, or do you buy blocks of time? How does it work? It it can work in all of those ways, okay. actually. Right. Uh, I've seen some assistants who will offer blocks of time, mm-hmm. and you know, the more you buy, the cheaper it becomes. Uh, I personally work hourly because uh, I think that gives authors kind of more flexibility. You know, basically, I just have a minimum of four hours, and then we kind of go from there. Okay. Um, and then every assistant kind of will bill differently, but I'd say usually average probably from 25 to 50 an hour Okay, would be kind of, kind of your ballpark. And that's for someone that's doing author assistant work as their business. Yeah. You know, if you're looking maybe to spend more time training someone, you know, you could hire someone who, um, you know, doesn't have any other authors who's just trying to start out and break into the field. Uh, and they might offer you a cheaper price for you to spend the time kind of teaching them certain things about publishing. So it, it depends on where you are. You know, 
I, I like to say, um, I think there was an interview that I just did and we talked about, you know, you could spend hundreds of dollars an hour for a marketer. Um, so if that's not your goal, you know, you want to make sure you kind of know exactly what you're looking for, uh, before you go out and look for a professional, because you wouldn't want to have to pay that, um, that kind of a price if you don't need it. Right. That's, that is terrific advice to understand exactly what you would want your assistant to do, uh, because you don't want to try and figure it out while you're paying them $50 an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely a, a big area. And then I like to say, you know, you want to check, see if author assistants have, you know, recommendations or references, you know, maybe check out their different social media presences, you know, see if they offer professional looking work. You know, if you find a person that's promoting themselves as an author assistant and their website is terrible and they have typos everywhere and that's not someone you want to work with. So I think just making sure you check for, you know, professional quality uh, for whoever you decide to work with, um, you know, whether that be your cover designer or editor, that's definitely a very important. Okay. This is this has been absolutely terrific. Speaking of professional quality, I've been to your website. It is terrific. Uh, can you share the uh, the URL to, to the listeners? Yes. So it is katetilton.com. So K-A-T-E-T-I-L-T-O-N.com. Is there anywhere else, else that listeners should connect with you? I would say Twitter is where I hang out most. So you can find me. It's at K the number eight, Tilton, T-I-L-T-O-N. And come join us at Kate Chat or check out the website, leave a comment, and I'm definitely happy to connect. All right. We will link up all of this, everything we've mentioned during the show, at theauthorbiz.com slash Tilton. So you can check back there, and I'll have links to everything. Kate, this has been absolutely fantastic. I appreciate you sharing your knowledge and educating me as well as our listeners today. Thank you for having me so much, Stephen. Thanks. Hey, big thanks to Kate for sharing so much in the interview. What do you think? Would an author's assistant be helpful for you? Would someone like Kate allow you to spend more time doing the things that make you money and less time dealing with the administrative part of your business? And don't forget, Kate has a great deal of information available on the resources tab of her website. Check it out. You'll be glad you did. I'm going to give one last reminder here to the crime fiction authors out there in listener land about my new podcast, Crime Fiction FM. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we're going to be talking about new release crime fiction with authors like you. Several Author Biz listeners are already on the schedule. The show is booked into June, so if you've got a crime fiction novel coming out this summer or fall, I'd love to consider you for the show. And if you've got friends who are crime fiction readers, please help spread the word. The show launches on April 13th, and the website domain is crimefiction.fm. And finally, before I go, if you like what we're doing here at The Author Biz, please zip on over to iTunes and give the show a rating or a review. They're super important for discoverability. And of course, if you want to get everything we do here, including future episodes, Head over to theauthorbiz.com and click the big green join us button. Thanks.